Welcome to Chatting Wine, the video and podcast series where we talk about all things wine related, keeping it simple, interesting and informative. Check out our Instagram page if you want to see more details. Cheers! Hey guys, welcome back to Chatting Wine. Today we're going to talk about New Zealand wines. Uh, really interesting um, area in the world for, for wines, lots of different types. And today we've got a good friend of mine, Ruby Hutton, on. Uh, so Ruby's um, family have a mission star restaurant called Charles Napier. Uh, Ruby's worked sort of in wine and hospitality for the last 10 or so years, 8 or 10 years. Um, yeah, that's about right. Recently... Yeah. So recently in a restaurant in London, but she uh, worked in a restaurant in New Zealand uh, called Cable Bay, um, Wahiki Island, which is a winery, but also has a, a top class restaurant. So Ruby knows her New Zealand wines pretty well um, and lived out there for about a year, Rubes? Yeah, just under a year. Cool. So Ruby's going to talk to us about New Zealand wines. So Rubes, we'll, we'll kick it off. Um, <clears throat> firstly, Talk to me about how New Zealand is sort of divided up. Like, where is wine grown in New Zealand? So, um, wine is sort of grown all over New Zealand, but there are two sort of main areas. There's the North Island and the South Island. Um, In the North Island, you get more of a tropical, warmer climate, um, and the areas are mainly sort of Gisborne, Hawke's Bay, Martinborough. They're the sort sort of three big star names that people sort of normally recognize and then also there's Auckland and the Northland and then in the South Island um, there is uh, Marlborough which I think most people will know, Uh, Nelson, the Waipara Valley, Canterbury and the Central Otago, they're the main sort of regions. So you say they're different in different climate like how how different are they? Uh, Well I mean New Zealand as a a whole has a maritime climate because like obviously it's an island so it gets lovely ocean breezes however up the north um it gets a bit hotter down south it's a bit cooler um marlborough for example um is more of a dry sunny climate um it gets the most sun and the least rain in the whole of new zealand okay that's interesting and so so that that obviously affects what grapes are grown where Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, it'll be hard to grow, for example, Sauvignon Blanc up north, um, but it's very easy to grow Sauvignon Blanc in the South Island, especially Marlborough. So you you were talking, you said said, um, Marlborough. So that's obviously the most famous, I think, the most famous area in New Zealand, I think, purely because it's Sauvignon Blanc. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. Um, It accounts for 73% of New Zealand's wine production, the Marlborough area. Um, it's over 20,000 hectares of vines are grown down there. Um, okay, so we, 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 we'll come on to Sauvignon Blanc a bit later. Let's go through um, the red varieties in New Zealand. Can you sort of talk me through what's grown and where it's grown? I mean, you mentioned a few areas. It'd be good to sort of pinpoint where what's grown where. Um, so in the North Island, um, classic red blends, um, red blend grape varieties are grown up there. So... Syrah, Merlot, Cabernet Sauvignon. They're the sort of big three that are grown up there um, and mainly used to make blends. Um, there are some places that just do Syrah by themselves. For example, Wahiki Island, where I was, that's quite famous for producing some really delicious, deep Syrahs, but also classic blends. Um, then you can also get Pinot Noir, but that's more down south. Um, 
Hawke's Bay and Gisborne do and Martinborough, even though they're on the North Island, do produce some really good ones. But the main places are the South Island because Pinot Noir flourishes in a cool climate, which is, you know, mainly Marlborough, Nelson, Central Otago, which is uh, the southernmost wine region um, in New Zealand. Um, yeah, so Pinot Noir is really good down there. So I imagine the alcohol levels would be slightly higher in the North Island, purely because of the heat and the type of grapes. Yeah, definitely. The gra- exactly. The grapes get um, more sun so they can ripen further, which means they're much juicier. And obviously the juicier, the sweeter, the more alcohol you get. Yeah, it's, it's sugar content into alcohol, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. Cool, okay, that's the red varieties. I mean, you said they blend a lot in the North Island. Do they not blend much in the South? Um, they do, but I think it's just more famous in, from the North. Um, because of the South, they get the delicious Pinot Noirs. Uh, I think they sort of focus a bit more on that. Um, but, yeah, it's more the North that they do the blends. And what about the price levels? I mean, is it is it more affordable on the certain island? I mean, is a Pinot Noir more expensive than the Syrah Cabernet blends in the North? Or is it just completely dependent on the winemaker? I honestly think it's completely dependent on the vineyard and the winemaker. Um, I definitely think Pinot Noir is a little bit more expensive, as it is in the rest of the world, I say, just because it is a little bit trickier to grow. Um, whereas Merlot, Cabernet Sauvignon, they're quite versatile grapes, so they can be grown in a wider variety of climates, etc. Um, mm. Yeah, so I think it's probably the same as like the rest of the world. Depends on the winemaker. Yeah. and that, So let's go on to the white Great varieties. Um, I mean, let's kick it off with Sauvignon. I mean, obviously Sauvignon is just so popular in England. I mean, you see it, there won't be a supermarket or wine shop in the UK without a New Zealand Sauvignon. And I think in most restaurants, there'll be a New Zealand Sauvignon. Um, I mean, why is it so popular? I mean, it's one of those grapes that is kind of likeable to anyone who likes a sort of dry white wine. I think New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc Marlborough especially kicked off in the 1980s I believe it sort of rose to prominence people that were drinking sort of who likes a light crisp dry white wine and were drinking sort of Pinot Grigios from Italy or um, a uh, Sauvignon Blanc from France or something sort of they sort of discovered the Marlborough Sauvignons and they're just a little bit more aromatic they've got I find that the Marlborough Sauvignons are a little bit more grassier you get sort of a more herbaceous flavor coming through it whereas a french sauvignon blanc i personally find a little bit more citrusy and a little bit more fruity there are some great wineries making sauvignon blanc in marlborough um i think it's sort of become one of those things where as you say it's on a what every wine list it's in every shop so yeah i mean i'm not a massive fan of new zealand sauvignon i don't know why i think maybe it's just there is a lot out there and I think obviously with, with more quantity comes a more diverse amount of quality. So you can have some really bad mm. ones. Um, mm. And it just reminds me of of going to a you know going to dinner party, a house party somewhere where someone's bought a you know, six pound bottle New Zealand Sauvignon from Aldi or something. And you just you have it, you're like, oh God, it's warm. <laughs> so I think it just puts you <laughs> off in, in that sort of thing. But um, it's, it's, it's one of those things, a bit like Malbec from Mendoza, isn't it? It's become super famous. Um, yeah. And it may, it may keep going. It may keep keep being popular but may not I don't know um what other whites are there from um New Zealand that you think are, are really good or and also what is growing there um the next two biggest ones are Chardonnay and Pinot Gris um 
Chardonnay and Pinot Gris are grown all over. They are really good up north. So you can get some really delicious Chardonnays from Gisborne, Hawke's Bay, Wahiki, where I was, sort of in Auckland area, um, and Pinot Gris as well. Um, the Pinot Gris, they, um, I find that they sort of do a late harvest of it. Not sort of, not late harvest so that it gets sweeter, but sort of they make, they get the grapes a little bit juicier and fruitier. When you so say you Pinot so... Gris, are you talking about Pinot yeah. Grigio or Pinot Gris? No, Pinot Gris. Yeah, so Pinot Gris and Chardonnay, they're sort of the next two big um, grapes grown. Um, and then there's also a little bit of Viognier being grown in the north as well uh, to get more of that sort of aromatic style. Uh, in the south, in Marlborough especially, um, some more aromatics are grown. So Gewurztraminer, Riesling, they're also coming out. And they can make sweet wines, but also just some nice, really aromatic, slightly off-dry um, white wines as well. It's really interesting because you talk about those two varieties of Chardonnay and Pinot Gris. Um, obviously, Pinot Gris and Pinot Grigio aren't too dissimilar. Um, same sort of family, I believe. Um, hmm. But you think of, well, I think when the public think of those two grapes, they're thinking of Chardonnay like high end, very expensive, and Pinot Grigio, Pinot Gris, low end, really cheap. But actually, I think probably New Zealand, they're much closer in, in quality. Is that right? Definitely. Yeah, def- uh, When I mean, where I was working um, on Wahiki, we had uh, Cable Bay produced a Wahiki Chardonnay and a Wahiki Pinot Gris, um, and they were both as popular as each other, and people liked them just as much. They often all, I mean, we produced a Sauvignon Blanc grown in the Araterry Valley of Marlborough as well, and sort of those three, the Chardonnay and the Pinot Gris, were often more popular than the Sauvignon Blanc. That's interesting. And the Chardonnay there, is it oaks a bit like sort of the Burgundian Chardonnays or is it a bit of a mix of oak and oak? It's, I, I'd say it's definitely uh, similar to a Burgundian one. They use a lot of French oak barrels um, and they do sort of go for that sort of rich, creamy, oaky Chardonnay. Of the ones I've tried anyway. I'm sure there are other people who are doing unoaked ones too. Cool. Um, so do they make any sparkling in New Zealand? They do. Small production. It's not necessarily, I mean, from what I've, uh, found it's not so widely available worldwide um, when I was there there were lots of you know I would find it in the supermarket quite a lot and um, uh, it was really delicious what I tried it's very similar to the champagne uh, it's method traditionnel so um, bottle fermented uh, sparkling wine um, I haven't found it too much over here um, but yes, they do make it. And they use the traditional grapes as well. So Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, Pinot Meunier. Okay, so they, so they they do everything pretty much the same way as champagne. But is it drunk there a yeah. lot? I mean, or do New Zealand import um, champagne as well? Um, I'd say 50-50. Um, every restaurant I went to, they would have a New Zealand method traditionnel on there. Uh, but they'd also have French big names of champagne. But... And I mean, like, the big names would be on there. So your Bollingers, your Louis Rodriguez, et cetera. They'd be on there. I mean, I mean speaking of this um, importing, I mean, how much, obviously, New Zealand it does some brilliant wines and there's a lot of wine planted there. Maybe not as intense as, say, France or Italy, but the wines are really good there. I mean, how much is consumed, you know, from New Zealand and, and from abroad? So if you went to a restaurant 
you know, you worked, I know mm. you worked at a restaurant at a winery, but if you went to a restaurant in, in Auckland or something, what percentage would it mm-hmm. be for, you know, uh, New Zealand wines to rest of the world wines? I would say it would be about 50-50. There would be a lot of French wines on a list, for uh, I would say. Quite a lot of French. Um, and then, yeah, the rest would be New Zealand. And from all over. So, you know, I was on Wahiki, which is just off Auckland. But there would be wines from the Auckland area, also Marlborough, also Central Otago, like all over. But then there'd also be classic French ones, some Italian as well. Okay, so still, so the main bulk of it is still um, Italian, Italian, French. If if it comes yeah. from overseas, yeah, from from what I from what I can remember, definitely. Yeah. So what? What would your favourite picks be? Um, I mean, you'll obviously have a favourite, but great. But if from New Zealand, what would your like, sort of top three wines be? Top three wines. Um, so no uh, the <laughs> the. I mean, obviously, I have to do a shout out to Wahiki Island, where I was living and working. Um, it's not widely available over here. Um, Wahiki wines. Uh, the probably the two most famous wineries from there would be Man of War, which you can get over here, and also Stony mm, that's Ridge. That's Syro, isn't it? Man of War. They do a mix of everything, but probably their most famous would be their Syrah. Yeah, um, very high alcohol, very juicy, very rich. Um, mm. I had a bottle the night before I went. I flew to New Zealand to live, um, and all I can remember was drinking delicious black currant with lots of spice really really amazing mm, um there's also stony ridge la rose which um uh cat which um is quite famous as well um comes up against lots of the classic bordeaux blends and often sort of um is on a level playing field with them um lots of people really really love it um my old flatmate um is the general manager there um, and it's really, really delicious wine. Outside of Wahiki, <laughs> I will talk about other things. Um, outside of Wahiki, the first New Zealand Chardonnay that I ever tasted when I was learning about wine, when I was working at my family's restaurant, was um, Kumu River Estate Chardonnay. Mm. It still, to this day, is my favourite New Zealand Chardonnay. Um, I... Uh, very excitedly got to go there when I was living there. It was just, it's just outside Auckland. Um, a really small little winery, family run, and just amazing, amazing wine. If you can get to taste their Matty's Vineyard uh, Chardonnay, that's what it's sort of their top one, which is their best vineyard, select grapes. Uh, it's just, just amazing. Cool. Um, I mean, you say you couldn't find um, many Wahiki Island sort of wines in, in the UK, but I think if you, maybe not in the supermarkets, but I reckon if you go to the wine merchants, you'll have more luck there. Um, I had a little look in preparation for this podcast because I thought, you know, it'd be good to do that. And I couldn't, really couldn't find too much. Um, it, the thing is, the island is so small, it's such small production, there isn't much wiggle room for export. However, Man mm. of War, which is sort of the most well known, they are the biggest producer um on the island so they have a little bit more scope to be able to export um across the uk and also a lot to, a lot goes to china from new zealand as well oh really what's the reason behind that just easy, it's easier to get there i mean i don't know the ins and outs behind it but i think the sort of chinese have discovered that 
New Zealand do delicious wine. <laughs> and probably a bit more affordable than the French as well. A little bit, yeah. And also, yeah, as you say, it's a bit closer. Rubes, look, thank you so much for that. Um, that was a great overview of New Zealand. Obviously, we can go into far more detail and you can explain much more about sort of winemaking techniques and all that stuff. But I think it's a good, a great overview to like just knowing what's there. Um, I think, obviously, oh. as we said, Marlborough Sauvignon is really famous for, for New Zealand, but there's so much more to it. As you said, you know, the, the Chardonnays and the Deep Cereals and stuff. Um, I yeah. think, as you said, man, I love that Man of War wine. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Rubes, thanks so much. And hopefully we'll get you back on to do another podcast um, at some point in the future. Thanks for having me.